0: Thank you. Have a seat and sit back for a few minutes. We're concluding our series called Glimpses, and we've been talking about the passages of Scripture that give us a glimpse into the heart of God, that give us a glimpse into the plan of God, the purposes of God, the love of God. You know, if you were here on Good Friday, we talked about the incredible love that the cross demonstrates and what that means for each and every one of us. Um, There is nothing in this life that demonstrates the love of God the way the cross does. And here we are. um, I think it was uh, Coleman who said, you can put truth in a grave, but it won't stay there. You can put truth in a grave, but it won't stay there. So we're looking at a passage this morning that I think is really significant because... It sort of places us where we are after the fact. We 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 love the fact of the, of the of the resurrection. We love the fact that Jesus walked out of a grave, even though there were there were soldiers stationed by it, even though that even though the authorities did everything they possibly could to to stop anyone from thinking that he you know he rose from the dead. But the reality is, he's alive today he rose from the grave and that's what makes in fact the apostle paul said that without that particular truth our faith whatever hope we have our our christianity is empty it's useless there's nothing there's nothing to it so what we celebrate today is the the, the key is the is the, you know the, the 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 thing that that we would die on the hill for proverbially that the without the resurrection Everything that we proclaim about faith in Christ is empty. So I pray today that you would embrace the reality of the resurrection, the truth of the resurrection, and the difference that it would make in your life. I want to read a passage from uh, the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul, uh, this is a really important passage. In fact, the Apostle Paul is a really important person because he had every credential you could possibly imagine for a person in his time period. If you wanted the very best in your life, if you were a Jewish person and you wanted to be elevated to the highest standing possible and, and, and to be respected and, and to to have it all together. The Apostle Paul was the epitome of all those things that we lean into if we want to be successful in life. The Apostle Paul had it all. And yet he had this Damascus Road experience that changed his life forever. And Jesus confronted him. And he had this vision, this encounter with Jesus Christ. And from then on, he became uh, this zealous disciple and planted churches all over the, the Mediterranean in that particular time. And it was just a, a powerful declaration and demonstration of how much his life had changed. And if you read the book of Acts, what I found very interesting, um, last time I talked the book of Acts, one of the things that really struck us you know, st- stuck out to me was the number of times they proclaimed in their sermons and in their messages and when they went, you know, from city to city, that they would proclaim the resurrection of Jesus. And when they proclaimed the resurrection, some people believed, some people were appalled, some people, you know, I I need to think about this because this is so unnatural. And Paul and Peter and all the others in the book of Acts, they would go, that's the point, But this is such an amazing truth that it's going to make all the difference in the world. So here's the Apostle Paul. He has just got done you know, listing all of his credentials, all the benefits, all the assets that he had. And here he is, and he, and he makes this statement. He goes, I once thought these things were valuable. You know, whatever your job is, whatever you have in the bank today, whatever, you know, whatever status you have, whatever you think is important, whatever, whatever you think makes you the person that you are today, okay? The Apostle Paul says, I thought all of these things were valuable at one time, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. yes. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. And by the way, the Greek word for garbage in this particular passage is human excrement. Okay? That's that's how forceful his language is. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him. So anything that would impede his relationship with Jesus, the Apostle Paul said, that's just rubbish, garbage, human waste. Don't say it. Okay? And become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. In other words, you know, here I was, you know, practicing the law, doing everything I could. And, and trying to measure up in all my perfectedness and attendance to the law. And adherence to the rituals and, and all of those things. And I did my very best to live the very best life possible. Rather, I became righteous. Instead of doing it and obeying through the law, I became righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. What a powerful passage! I know many people who uh, have that particular, especially the last verse, the last section. On, on, you know, that's their life verse. You know, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection, resurrection from the dead. There are three elements of this particular passage that I just want to highlight this morning that becomes so important, that reflect the life of the Apostle Paul and how it reflects our lives here this morning. The first thing is the infinite value of Jesus Christ. For the Apostle Paul, nothing compared with Jesus. He was incomparable. He was beyond measure. He was, there was nothing on this earth that would give him more joy, more pleasure than knowing Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that's an incredible place to be. That Paul would consider everything else human waste when you compared it with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you. There's a lot of things in this life I love. Bless you. Um, but to make a statement like that, and to live that out fully and to see Jesus as incomparable to anything else on this earth is such a powerful statement in and of itself. In fact, it took the Apostle Paul out of his social structure, his, his comfort, his, his trajectory of success, all of that kind of stuff, and put him on a path that would transform the entire world because of his commitment to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. The Apostle Paul wanted to know that power. He wanted to experience all of that. In fact, I'm really intrigued because every time the Apostle Paul talks about power, when he writes about it, he doesn't write about the power of God to speak the universe into existence. That's the surprising thing. Because when we think about the power of God, we think about God being able to just with a breath create a universe. For the Apostle Paul, that really wasn't what he thought power was. For the Apostle Paul, he'd say that, you know, in in God's economy, that's nothing. Power for the Apostle Paul was raising Jesus from the dead. And to know that power and to live that out and to be able to communicate it to a world and to see it for what it is, knew that it had transformational power in the lives of so many people. The big fear we all have is this thing called death. This big anxiety, um, this big question mark that for many people, and yet the Apostle Paul proclaimed a message of resurrection That the thing you fear most has been conquered. That the thing you fear most has been defeated. That by faith in Christ, you don't have to fear that. In fact, the promise of resurrection is part of what our faith promises when we place faith in Jesus Christ. Because he is the firstborn of all creation. He is the firstfruits. It's part of a, a Jewish terminology that after the Passover, um, there was the, 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 the Festival of First Fruits where um, they read passages. Um, and, and, you know, there was a passage that they read during the Sabbath time, during the Passover time, maybe you didn't know this, that the Jewish people would read. Ezekiel, I think it's 37. You know, the dry bones? You know the dry bones passages? right the jewish people do you believe that you know as as the passover is happening and jesus is being put in the grave and that in that morning when he was raised from the dead do you know that the jewish people as part of the passover feast were reading about ezekiel 37 and that's where the where the prophet where god says listen look, the prophet says god look at all these dry bones here what about these dry bones and god says i'm going to raise them and reanimate these dry bones and the day's going to come where Things that you think are dead are going to be alive again. That is so cool. And as the Jewish people are reading about this dry bones passage in the prophet Ezekiel, Jesus is, is being raised. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. The infinite value. Of Jesus, Ask yourself this morning, is Jesus just an addition to all the good things in your life or is he reign supreme? Is he of infinite value to you? Can you live your life? Uh, here's, a, here's a good question. If you can live your life comfortably without Jesus, he is not of infinite value to you. Don't answer that question out loud. (laughs) Right? That's probably the easiest easiest way to do it. Infinite value. Here's the second thing I I love out of this passage. The second thing out of this passage is God's way is the way of faith. God's way is the way of faith. Notice the Apostle Paul discards or, or, or sets aside... The law as being the path to righteousness. The law is a lot of things. The law is, is you know, ways of living our lives in faithfulness before God. But, you know, when, when, when the Jewish people became so consumed by the law, they believed the law itself was what made them righteous. And it's, there's something to be said about doing the right thing and being good and all that kind of stuff. But when you start thinking that it's all dependent upon you, that's when we start getting into trouble. One of the biggest things that Jesus had to deal with was with the religious people who thought that they were righteous enough and the problem of self-righteousness, the, the problem of I can do it all myself. I don't need God. I don't, I don't, I don't need to look at, look at how well I'm doing. Look, look how you know, incredibly I, I perform before God. How could God ignore what I do? And yet, for the Apostle Paul, he, he re- realized that there's nothing he could do that could measure up compared to what Jesus had done for him. You know, we all know that in the darkness of our own hearts, we have those moments where we go, "Ah, I'm glad nobody knows about that. I'm glad no one heard me say that because I said it in my inside voice. You ever said something in your outside voice and you go, oh, (laughs) you probably just did, right? (laughs) Okay? But God's way is the way of faith. It's, you know, it's so easy. It's so easy to feel like it depends on us. It's so easy to think, I do all this good and right stuff. And, and after a while, you think it all depends on you. But the reality is, the way of righteousness, the way of beautiful living, the way of wholehearted living, the way of, you know, being vulnerable in a life That truly exemplifies the humanity that we're intended to be is a life lived in faithfulness and dependence on Jesus Christ and Him alone. Each and every day, do we get up and we say, Lord, it all depends on you? Because I just can't do it anymore. That's why often we get to the end of ourselves and we just say, Can't do it anymore. That's when we start to start to depend on Jesus. But it's funny how God allows us to get to the end of it and say, okay, you ready now? And he's there. It's the way of faith. Faith is this beautiful thing, not always easy to define. But faith is the critical thing for God. Faith is the thing that God looks for. And I've said this zillions of times, and I'm going to say it until the Lord takes me home, is that be careful not to let your circumstances determine God's love for you. Be careful not to let your circumstances become the measurement of God's love for you. Because often God uses our circumstances, our situations in life, to to, to, help, to help shape our faith, test our faith, refine our faith, and the, and the categories go on. Here's, here's the third thing. Really problematic for many of you in, in, in this passage. You know, Paul says, I want to know his suffering. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. Now, I'll tell you, um, in, in, in the 20-something years that I've been teaching at the college and seminary and the amount of texts that I have read about this particular passage, no one's really sure what Paul's talking about here because it's a, it's a, it could be a million different things about wanting to do the suffering and all that kind of stuff, and especially the suffering and the fellowship of Jesus. Here's what I think. <laughs> I'm going I'm to add <laughs> to the entire thing because many of you are thinking about, about that. Listen, listen, in a world of darkness, in a world that's broken, when you do the right thing, you're going to suffer. In a world that's, that has evil uh, at the center of it, When when the devil wants to get the the you know the best of you, when when the you know the darkness seems to be just closing in and all that kind of stuff, that the perfect human being Jesus Christ was crucified, ended up being crucified, didn't harm anybody, didn't you know all of those healed people, taught people this incredible, and yet he suffered brutally on a on a a Roman cross. Why why why? That's the reality is that when you live a courageous life, when you live a life that is demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ, you are bound to be a target. You are bound to suffer. You are bound to be found in, in circumstances and situations where you know, uh, you know you're going to you know, experience the same type of suffering that Jesus did. Isn't that the truth? How many of you woke up this morning to, what was it, 170 people in Sri Lanka? 200 and something? Is it rising already? 207 now? Yeah. In Sri Lanka, all these churches celebrating Easter Sunday and bombs are going off. That's what we woke up to this morning around the world. See, if there's one thing the Apostle Paul knew is that he was going to suffer for being an apostle with the message of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that breaks my heart. That to proclaim good, to proclaim the best, to proclaim victory, to proclaim healing, to proclaim all those kinds of things to a world that is in darkness, they are going to react, respond, and retaliate. And for the Apostle Paul, it translated into the promise of resurrection. That when we live in faithfulness to Jesus Christ, that there's nothing in this world that can hurt us for eternity. That the resurrection gives us the promise of hope beyond death. And it's a glorious picture of hope. Here's here's what I think this passage gives us a glimpse of. Passage gives us a glimpse of you fill in the blank. When we talk about the resurrection of Jesus, what does it do for you? What does it give you a glimpse of? The heart of God, the love of God, the patience of God, the mercy of God, (laughs) the plan of God, the purpose of God. There are just so many things that this communicates to each and every one of us. Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance in life, the resurrection makes all the difference in the world. Wherever you find yourself, whatever whatever's become a dead end for you, the promise and the hope of the resurrection says that God's got this, that Jesus cares, that you are deeply loved, so much so, so much so, You know, every Easter I uh, every Easter I do an inventory. I don't know if you do do you, I don't know if you do spiritual inventories. I do an inventory every, every every Easter. And part of the inventory is that what have I been praying to God about? What is it that I would love God to do in my life? Maybe that's something that you want God to heal something in your life. Maybe there's a relationship. Maybe there's there's a, a, a situation in your life where you just want God to fix it. That nothing humanly possible in all that you've endeavored to do has been able to correct what's happened in your life. And you want God to fix it. Maybe there's a situation when you're looking over your past and you say, you know, I wish I could relive those and I wish I could find some kind of peace in my own mind about what happened those many years ago. Maybe you've lost someone and that someone just continues each and every day to be heavy on your heart and on your mind. Maybe you're praying about something right now that is going to happen or you've just been diagnosed with something and you're asking God to do something about it. We have a cross up here. And we have a basket up here. In your bulletin, you have envelopes. And a little... Post-it note. Maybe you have a prayer that you want God to answer. Maybe... Whatever it is in your life. I want you to take that thing that's heavy on your heart this morning. Write it on the post-it note. And I want you to put it in this envelope and seal it. And then I want you to come up and to put it up here at the foot of the cross in the basket. And surrender it to Jesus. Can you do that? Now, if you don't have an envelope or you don't have a pencil or anything like that, we have the ushers who are going to hand out envelopes and hand out pencils for those of you that want to have it. Sorry. Okay? Just put up your hand if you you want something at this point in time. Now, I want to be clear about something else. I'm going to pray over this basket when everybody has come up and, and put their prayer in the basket. I'm going to pray for it. And here's the other thing I want you to know. No one, no one is going to read these. these is, this is between you and God. In fact, when we are done, these are all going to get shredded with a super heavy-duty shredder Only God can put them back together (laughs) as he sees fit. All right? I know this, for some of you, this is too much of a public declaration, and and that's okay. But could you at least surrender one thing to the Lord today? I know for many of you there's something very heavy on your heart today. And I want you to get beyond the fact of a resurrection service that celebrates a past event. Because do you realize that Jesus is alive today? Do you realize that he hears your prayers today? Do you realize that the Lord is doing something in your life right now? that you may not even recognize. I'm going to... Uh, Matthew, do we want music to go while this is happening? or Yeah. Just, yeah, if you, if you don't mind, maybe. That's a bit unplanned, so sorry. But if you're done, if you want to make your way up here while we just play some music, I'm going to start us off by putting my prayer in here. And before you come up, please know that you are dearly loved by the Lord. You are dearly loved by this church. And this is between you and the Lord. Look at that. Wow. Thank you for opening up your heart to Jesus. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord's blessing over all these requests. And may you experience the power of the Lord in your life. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father in heaven, we commit all these requests to you, all these heartfelt prayers, all these moments of personal reflection and personal need that we are lifting up before you today. We thank you that you are a God that hears and a God that heals. We thank you that you are a God that knows. And a God who distributes wisely. We thank you for your power. And as we lift these before you, we pray, Lord, that you would show yourself great, merciful, compassionate, forgiving. Thank you for those who have entrusted today publicly their deepest request to you. And we pray, Lord, that we would celebrate so many answered prayers, even though we may not all know what they are. But we know that you are sovereign. We know that you are in control. And we know, Lord, that with so many needs, you indeed could answer each and every one. And we pray, Lord, that you would do so in your power and glory. And Lord, speaking of glory, we pray that you would be glorified by your people, glorified in your church, that we would lift high the name of Jesus, that we would carry his banner to the darkest corners of this earth, knowing full well that the enemy will be at every place we venture. So Lord, grant us this day promise of resurrection. And we pray if there are any here that do not know you by faith that they indeed would walk out of here a new creation in you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Christos Anesti. Christos Anesti. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Call up the worship team for our final song. Come on up. Thank you for being here as we close out with one closing song. We pray that you would go away from this place, encouraged, strengthened in your faith, and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And pray that... We would see you back here next week as we study how to get unstuck. God bless you. Amen.